you're new here on a Wednesday night. Um, it's kind of like Bible school, so we just kind of break, break down a topic over a period of time. We've been on this since the beginning of summer. And so, so the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking about um, continuing on this, I have decided. And uh, first, I want you to turn to your Bibles. Um, I'm going to begin a little different than I thought. So two places, Romans chapter 12 and Luke chapter 18. I'm going to read two scriptures, and then I'm going to do a little bit of review. And I'm, I believe the Holy Spirit has uh, a reason on why he wants me to, to do it this way. Um, so Romans chapter 12 and Luke chapter 18. Did I tell you those? Romans 12 and Luke 18. And so this series has been about I have decided, and it's about becoming a disciple of Jesus. Luke chapter 12, verse 3, it says, For I say through the grace given unto me that every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Say, the measure of faith. You see, I like how it says the measure of faith and not a measure of faith. You know, if it was a measure of faith, then then Vic may get a measure and Joseph could get a different measure. But it was the measure, meaning it's a set measure, meaning it's all the same. It's all the same amounts. It's it's you know, and I like looking at it this way, that when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, God deposited a seed down on the inside of you. He deposited a part of himself on the inside of you. And the question is, have you developed that seed? Okay. And so he's dealt every man the measure of faith. Now let's go to Luke chapter 18. Verse 1. Actually, look at chapter 17, verse 22 real quick. And he said unto the disciples. So who's he talking to? All right, now let's look at chapter 18. And he spoke a parable unto them, his disciples... To this end, that men ought, men ought always to pray and not to faint. And he goes on, and we, if you know the story, he talks about this. He tells a story about this woman uh, that came to the unjust judge, and she was upset, and she kept coming. And the, uh, King James says, because of her importunity, meaning because of her, her, her continued coming, the, the judge says, because she wearies me. And he finally, he says, you know, go ahead and have it. And, and so here it says in verse eight, it says, I tell you that he will avenge them, his elect speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, shall he find faith on the earth? Shall he find faith on the earth? So here we see in, in, in Romans, he has given to everyone the measure of faith. And here he's talking to the disciples and he's talking about prayer and he tells them, you know, he goes that men meant always to pray and not to faint. So that lets me know when things might not be happening or things not be changes, changing, you might have the ability to faint. And here Jesus says, he goes on to say, he said kind of that you would be like this woman, that you wouldn't give up, that you would continue to press forward. And so will you, will he find faith in the earth? So when the son of man returns, will he find faith in the earth? Now think about this here, Jesus, the son of God, it says when he returns, he's looking for faith. So, so I, I want to ask us the question, if we all been given the measure of faith and Jesus is coming and looking for faith, the question is, what are you doing with your faith? So here, cause he's, he's, he's looking for faith when he returns, will he find faith in the earth? So we've been talking about discipleship and we're going to talk about faith here in a moment. But I, I wanted to I wanted to sow those seeds into your heart because because Jesus is coming back and he's going to look for faith. Amen. And so with this aspect of discipleship, we, we started dealing with John chapter eight and it's and he talked about if you continue in my word, then you are my my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So in that scripture, we saw that, that, that it was those that believed on him. So just because you believe on him doesn't mean you're a disciple, right? And so here, this whole aspect of discipleship is something that's beyond just the born again experience. 
It's something beyond just believing on Jesus because it's, it's, it's to the disciples. You will know the truth and the truth is what's going to make you free. If you're my disciples, you will continue in my word. So, so see, it's when I continue in the word, you'll be my disciples indeed. So that means there's a relationship that has to be birthed in my life for discipleship to happen. It's a relationship with the word. It's a relationship with the word. When uh, in, in uh, Mark chapter five, when Jesus was talking to the, to the disciples and he said, he, you know, he, he told them to cast out the net and, and they caught that. They brought it in and, 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 and all of a sudden Jesus went on to say, follow, be, you know, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And then it goes on and says, and it says, and they forsook all and followed him. So in this aspect of discipleship, there was there, you have to see discipleship is about relationship. You see, they, they all of a sudden changed relationships. They, they were, they were in relationship with their business. They were in relationship with their father's business up until that day. And all of a sudden the next day, all of a sudden there was a relationship shift. And all of a sudden now, now they were now following Jesus. Why? Because they now had a new relationship. Go to Luke chapter six. So discipleship is about relationship. It's a relationship with the word. For the disciples, it was, it was a change of priorities. They were fishermen. Now their priorities totally changed. And now they have a new relationship. And here in Luke chapter 6, and this is one of the scriptures we've gone to every week. In verse 39, it says, He further told them a proverb. Can a blind man guide and direct a blind man? Will they not both stumble into a ditch or in a hole in the ground? So, you know, I, I didn't really see this until I got, the Lord woke me up this morning and, this, and he started talking to me about living a life that's full of faith. And he started talking to me about this about three this morning. And so I'm just sharing some things I haven't necessarily shared before. But because I think it's something that we need to grow in because this whole aspect here, it says, he goes, he said, can a blind man guide and direct a blind man? So, so it's talking about relationship. Here you have two people come together and both of them are without sight. That's relationship coming together. And it's saying, so if they're both blind, then what's going to happen? They're going to both fall into the ditch. So if you're following the wrong person or you have the wrong relationship, you're not going to get to where you want to go. So your relationships have everything to do with the strength of your life and the direction of your life. And then he says this, he goes, a pupil is not greater than his teacher, but everyone, when he is completely trained, readjusted, restored, restored, set to rights and perfected will be like his teacher. So what is the end result of discipleship? Not that we would be like the blind man and fall into the ditch, but that we would be like our master. See, that's the purpose of, of why we need to become disciples of Jesus, because we want to be like him. That's the bottom line. It's not for you to be like Justin. It's not for you to be like Dr. Savell. Although we, we want to we live a life in front of you that we can be. And Paul said, follow me as what? As I follow Christ. So, so ultimately, you know, the things that you follow in my life, I want those things to be the things that, that I'm following Christ. Amen. So, so the whole principle of this is relationship, relationship with the master. So when you have the right relationship with the master, you'll be like the master. Living a life of faith. Let's go to John chapter 14. You're like, what, what does this have to do, relationship, discipleship, and full of faith? What, what, is, what does this have to do? Because your faith will never grow beyond your relationship. Thank you, Father. John chapter 4. 14, I'm sorry, John 14. 
verse 26. It says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance whatsoever I've said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. Give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard how I said unto you, I go away and I come again unto you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said, I go unto the father for my father is greater than I am. Now, I want you to see where I'm going here because we're to be like, just like Jesus. So if we're talking about faith and we're talking about relationship, I want us tonight to look at the faith of Jesus. You, you, you'll not see anywhere in scripture that I've been able to find where it actually said Jesus had faith. Or have, or have the Jesus kind of faith. We see they have the God kind of faith. Or it didn't say have, have, have the faith that Jesus had. There's, I couldn't find a scripture and I didn't have a whole lot of time today, but um, there might be one in there. But what's more important is to realize we saw Jesus model faith. We saw Jesus model faith. And so here, here talking about the faith of Jesus, if, if Jesus had to follow his father, Jesus had to follow his father. Jesus had to be full of faith. And here it says, the father is greater than I am. Meaning, what is he doing? He is submitting himself to the relationship of the father. Verse 20, uh, verse um, 29 says, and now I have told you before it comes to pass that when it comes to pass, you might believe hereafter. I will not talk much more with you for the prince of this world comes and has nothing in me. Meaning, you see, he has nothing. I have no relationship with him. But that the world may know that I love the father and as the father gave me commandment, even so I do. See, this is all Jesus modeling faith. Jesus is modeling faith and he's modeling relationship. Now let's go to John 17. John 17. Thank you, Father. Faith is not built out of ritual. Faith is not built out of formula. Faith is built out of relationship. To the extent of your relationship is the extent of your faith. Now, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But that is not a formula for you to be content with. There's a lot of times people have this idea that if I just hear the word, then, then that's, that's enough. Thank you, Father. You see, it's, it's why does faith come by hearing and hearing by the word? It's because it causes me to know him. It doesn't cause me. It's not about me memorizing scripture. Is about me, me, me knowing him. So you can, you can quote scriptures backwards and forwards, inside and out, no more word than anyone else, but still not have faith. You can, you can confess scriptures, yell scriptures, declare scriptures in fear. Because everything that, that the word is to do in your heart is to point to him. Point to the father, point to the father's nature, point to the father's heart, point to what, what his will is, point to his promises. That's why faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word It's getting to know him. It's having an encounter with him. It's, it's allowing the heart of your, to be illuminated with who he is and his desire. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden you're reading the word one day and all of a sudden faith comes. Why? Because you, it's not just you saw a scripture, but you saw the one that wrote the scripture. It's about relationship. It's not ritual. It's not formula. It's all about relationship. Faith is built and established in your walk with the one you choose to follow. Let me say it again. Faith is built and established in your walk with the one you follow. Yeah. Who and what are you following? Yeah. 
Because that's what you're going to have faith in, whether negative or positive. Let's look at John chapter 17 here and let's look at verse 24. Looking at the faith of Jesus still. Father, I desire that they also, whom, I'm reading the Amplified, I desire that they also whom you have entrusted to me as a gift to me may be with me where I am so that they may see my glory, which you have given me, your love gift to me, for you love me before the foundation of the world. Man, faith has to be established upon the love of God. You know, I had a Bible instructor one year. He goes, he goes, you don't need more faith. You just need a greater revelation in the love of God. Sometimes people are trying to gather more faith by getting more information instead of meditating more on the love of God. So Jesus was saying, you love me before the foundation. He's talking about his relationship with the father. He goes, I want them. I want them to have what I had with you. Because what I've had with you is what's caused me to be who I am. Verse 25, oh, just and righteous father, although the world has not, now get this, has not known you and has failed to recognize you and has never acknowledged you. Now get this, I have known you continually. I have known you continually. See, that, that's a statement of faith. It's a statement of relationship. I have known you continually. I've known you continually. This is relationship. And, and so Jesus, he stood before Lazarus tomb and he said, he goes, what? I know you hear me always. He said, he goes, he goes, I'm not saying this on their account. He said, he said, he said, I give thanks and so they can hear it because I, because I know you hear me always. This is relationship. And, and his faith was birthed out of relationship with the father. Your faith will never rise above your relationship. Don't try to gain more faith. Gain relationship. Develop relationship. Discipleship. Being like our master. Following his example. He had to have a relationship with the father. Jesus laid down every every rightful privilege that he had in heaven and became a man just like you and me. It said he had to grow in wisdom of God and favor with God and man. He had to, Jesus had to grow in wisdom and favor. It says with God and man, like he had to grow in wisdom with God. Yes. So when he grew in wisdom, what was he doing? He was also growing in faith. He was growing in favor with God and man. He was growing in relationship. And this, this is what, what, what I have decided is, is, is not just saying, you know, and I, I want to do all these things for the kingdom of God. Yes, that's true. But we have to begin making a decision that we are going to follow him. It's not about how much you can do for him. It's about following him and out of following him, you understand what you're supposed to do. So, so often people are trying to figure out what am I called to do? Am I called to go there? Am I called to go to Africa? Am I called to go here? No, no, just, just get to know him. And I tell you, he is, he is going to let you know when you need to know. It's relationship. You know, it's walking with him. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Yeah, we'll do that. Go to Hebrews 11, and for the sake of time, also go to Genesis chapter 5. Faith is about relationship. Jesus lived a life full of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11 and then Genesis 5, I believe it is. There's a connection between relationship and faith. And see, most of, like I said, most of the time when we talk about faith, it's all of a sudden, you know, okay, just, just confess in the word. Yes, that's, that's a principle of faith. Resting, that's a principle of faith. 
But why are you going to rest? Why are you going to quote, quote the word? Hallelujah. Go to verse 5 of Hebrews 11. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. So by faith, Enoch was translated and he had this testimony that he pleased God. This testimony is not necessarily just something that he told everyone, but it's how everyone viewed him. This was not something that just he knew about. It's what everyone knew about him. He had this testimony. But what, what's that Enoch guy? Man, he's, he's, man, he's got this, te- you know, he pleases God. And then it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So that lets us know that Enoch, if he pleased God, he had to do it. How? By faith. Then it tells us how for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, diligently seek him. Now, I could preach on this scripture in six different ways right now, but but the point diligently seek him. See, this is about relationship. It's seeking him. It's seeking him. It's not seeking. It's not seeking the end result. It's seeking him. Is not seeking what you want. It's seeking him. Now he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So when you seek him, you get what you're looking for. But it's seeking him. So let, let's look at Genesis five, verse 22. The Amplified says, Enoch walked in habitual fellowship with God. After the birth of Methuselah, 300 years and it had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years and Enoch walked in habitual fellowship with God and he was not for God took him home with him. Now, and Enoch walked in habitual fellowship. So maybe there's a connection between walking habitually with God and being a man of faith. He pleased God by faith. Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. What was the testimony that he lived by faith? Well, how can we see that he lived by faith? He walked habitually with God. So what made him a man of faith? Who he followed and who he walked with, who, who he was discipled by. Let's go back to Hebrews 11. Let's look at verse seven. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. And that's not moved with fear, meaning he was scared. That was moving in reverence. Moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. An heir of righteousness, which is, meaning he was received righteousness by faith. By faith. By faith, Noah. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 6. Verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And this is the history of the generations of Noah. This is the history. It's interesting with, with Enoch, they use the word his testimony. And with Noah, they use the word history. Someone's history is how they lived, what they did, what they were known for. If you look at the history of something or the history of this town, you're looking at the history or, or what that town was known for or what happened in that town. So here it says, this is the history of the generations of Noah. Noah was a just and a righteous, righteous man, blameless in his evil generation. Noah walked in habitual fellowship with God. So what was his testimony? What was the history of his, what was he known for all around him? How was he known? He walked habitually with God. See, there's a connection of living by faith and walking with God. Now let's go back to Hebrews 11. Verse 28. 
By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for inheritance, he obeyed and he went out not knowing where he was to go. He went out, meaning, meaning he was following something, but he just wasn't sure where he was going. He was going somewhere, but didn't know where he was ending up. He was walking by faith. He was living by faith. Now let's go to Genesis 24. Verse 34. And he said, I am Abraham's servant. And the Lord has blessed my master greatly, and he has become great, and he has given him flocks and herds and silver and gold and men servants and maid servants and camels and donkeys. And Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old. And unto him hath he given all that he has. Man, he's saying, man, my master, Abraham, you know what? He is rich. He's loaded. He's wealthy. And it was from God. Say from God. Don't ever settle for being broke. Hallelujah. The blessing of Abraham is yours and mine. Why was Abraham so blessed? Because he was just special to Abraham. Let's keep reading down in verse 40. And he said unto me, the Lord before whom I walk. This is what, this is what Abraham said to his servant. And Abraham said to me, the Lord before whom I walk, the Lord before whom I walk, the Lord before whom I walk. See who the one that gave him all this wealth. It was the Lord. He walked before him. Before whom I walked will send his angel with thee and prosper thy way. And thou shalt take a wife for my son and my kindred and my father's house. So here, here the servant shows up and tells everything about his, the history of Abraham. You know what? He walks with God and he's blessed. And Hebrew says, by faith, Abraham. So that you, you think there's a connection between living by faith and walking with God? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 20. It says, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Isaac. Now let's go to Genesis 48. Just taking my time with this. I just want you to see this with your eyes. Genesis 48. So by faith, Isaac says, and he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers, Abraham, Isaac did walk. And he blessed Joseph and he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my father, Abraham and Isaac did walk the God, which fed me all my life long unto this day. Now here, I says, by faith, Isaac. Now we see Isaac's son blessing Joseph. And what he declares is what? How his grandfather and how his father walked. By faith. See, see Jesus, it says, it says, when he returns, will he find faith in the earth? So it lets me know that faith, being full of faith, is a result of walking with him. Jesus was discipled by the Father. And we're to be discipled by Jesus. You see, there's something about faith, by faith. See, see, when you get to a place of faith, faith gives birth to trust. Let's look at Romans chapter 4. Romans four, we're talking about Abraham just a minute ago. Let's go back and let's deal with Abraham. When you walk with someone, trust develops. You know, Annette and I have been married 10 years, been together of 11. And, and so 
we, we, you know, 16 years ago, if someone asked, do you trust a, a, a net, Barrera? Um, I have no clue who you're talking about. But now, if you ask me, do you trust Annette Barrera Bridges? Oh, yeah. Why? Because I trust her. Why? Because we've walked together. You see, when you walk with someone, trust is developed. That's why faith isn't some sort of formula. Faith is a product of relationship because trust has to be birthed out of relationship. Some of you, you see me do this, anal- uh, this analogy in, in the past, but you know what? This is, this is a chair. This is a chair. You know what? And no matter what, I could, ha- I could try to convince you it's an airplane, but you know what? No matter how many times I tell you it's an airplane, the more and more you're going to say it's a chair. Why? Because you've, you've sat in a chair before and you know what a chair looks like. You have experience with a chair. You've had plenty of time with chairs. I've had, I've had almost 45 years with chairs. And I know what a chair is. So, so I trust a chair. But see, a lot of times in life, when it comes to relationship, if you don't have a relationship with God, you might, have, you might believe in God, but belief isn't the same as trust. You see, it's one thing to say, okay, I believe that, 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 that chair exists, but it's another thing to sit down in that chair and say, I trust that it can hold me. See, there, there's, there's a difference between just having belief. Belief eventually has to have trust because if you don't have trust, you'll never step out. You see what I'm saying? So, so faith is, has to be built out of trust, built out of relationships. So we saw in Genesis how, how Abraham walked with God. And for the sake of time, let's look at um, verse 18. For Abraham, human reason for hope being gone, hoped in faith. Even though in the natural, he had no reason he should hope. Instead, he still hoped on in faith. He still had an expectation in faith. Why? Because he had trust. Why did he have trust? Because he habitually walked with God. Now, he wasn't always this great man of faith. You know, he wasn't always this great man of faith because there was a time when he didn't trust. And that's what happened with Ishmael. So, but when he continued to walk, when he continued to walk, he got to a greater place of trust. Hallelujah. Verse 19 said, it said he did not weaken in faith when he considered the impotence of his own body, which is good as dead because he was 100 years old. Or when he considered the bareness of Sarah's dead womb, said no unbelief or distrust made him waver. Questioning concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. He was empowered and about, he was powered and strengthened in faith as he did what gave praise and glory to God, meaning he, he continued his connection. He continued his relationship, even though he didn't see anything changing anything. He didn't see anything happening. What he continued to give praise and glory to God. Why? He was walking with God. He was in relationship with God. And he knew as he walks with God, he's going to continue to get stronger. As he walks with God, he's going to continue to grow. As he walks with God, he's going to continue to increase. As he continues to walk with God, you see what I'm saying? This, it was relationship. It wasn't all of a sudden, you know, Abraham said this and everything happened the next day. It was development of relationship that caused Abraham to be the father of faith. Said he was fully, verse 20 says, fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he promised. Fully satisfied and assured. Fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. Keep his word. So that's relationship. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Go to, go to 1 Peter chapter 2. Let's look at Jesus in 1 Peter chapter 2. You're like, Jesus is in 1 Peter chapter 2? Yeah, he is. Now hear this because Jesus modeled faith. 
He modeled relationship. And we know Jesus walked habitually with the Father. Hallelujah. Verse 21. The Amplified says, For even to this were you called, it is inseparable from your vocation. For Christ also suffered for you, leaving you his vocation. Oh, no, sorry. Thank you, Father. For even to this were you called, it is inseparable from your vocation. For Christ also suffered for you, leaving you his personal example. Say personal example. So that you should follow in his footsteps. Wow. So Jesus was our personal example so we could follow in his footsteps? Hallelujah. Verse 22. He was guilty of no sin. So that means we should follow that. Neither was there deceit ever found in his lips. That means we should always tell the truth. Number, another thing, when he was reviled and insulted, he did not revile or offer insult in return, meaning he didn't, he didn't go back at other people. He didn't matter if he was persecuted. Said he was abused and suffered. He made no threats. But then what's the last thing? But he trusted himself and everything to him who judges fairly. Wow. So to follow his example, it says he trusted himself and everything to him who judges fairly. Man, Jesus had great trust because he had a great walk with the father. He trusted himself and everything to him who judges fairly. Thank you, Father. He trusted. Jesus trusted. Follow the master and you'll be like the master. How did the, how did the master live in habitual relationship with God? Out of that habitual relationship with God, built forth, established life of faith. And out of that life of faith, faith established a life of trust. So as we talk about, I have decided, tonight we're saying, I have decided to be, live a life that's full of faith. Hallelujah. A disciple is one that follows. As we follow Jesus, we see that he walked with God, had faith in God, and he trusted him who judges fairly. He trusted that God had his back. He trusted that God would fulfill what he promised. He trusted that God would come through when, it's, when he needed him to come through. He trusted. I, I think, of, think of the Apostle Paul. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. Man, Paul, after he, he, he I mean, his quest, we know in, in Philippians, it says, my determined purpose in, in, in Philippians was, my determined purpose is to know him. And the wonders of his person, person, meaning my determined purpose, it doesn't matter what I did in the past. My purpose right now, more than anything else, is to walk with him, get to know him. And if you look at you look at Timothy chapter one and he, he says, I know in whom I have believed. He didn't say I know what I believe. He said, I know in whom I have believed. It's second Timothy chapter one, I believe verse 12, I think it is. I know in whom I have believed. See, it's not about what you believe. No, get, get down to who are you believing in? Who are you trusting in? Walk with him. Get to know him. Develop a relationship with him. And out of that will come forth a life that's full of faith. In that same, in that same book in 2 Timothy chapter 4, around verse 16 and 17, the apostle Paul is on trial. One of the lowest times of his life. And, and he makes a statement. He said, he said, man, he goes, when I was on trial, he said, all forsook me and no one stood by me. Think about that. Just this, I mean, the weight of your shoulders to stand before Caesar and the apostle Paul, a man that's walking with God. And he makes that statement. It, to me, it sounds like, it's like a sad statement. He, he was like, he goes, yeah, when I was on trial, he goes, all forsook me. Everyone left me. And he does mention to somebody, he goes, well, there was still this person and this person. But he makes a statement in verse 17. He says, but the Lord stood by me. But the Lord stood by me. 
The Lord stood by me. He goes, yeah, in the natural, everyone forsook me. But you know what? The Lord stood by me. Hallelujah. Man, that's, that was just this level of trust, meaning, you know what? I don't have anyone around me right now, you know, but the Lord's with me. Why? Because he walked with God. Go to Acts chapter 11 and I'll close with this. Acts chapter 11. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Jesus said, when I return, I find faith in the earth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I want you to get to a place when you hear that scripture, when he returns, will he find faith in the earth where you say, look no further. Where you say, look no further. I, I, I have faith. I have faith. Hallelujah. Have faith in God. Have the God kind of faith. Hallelujah. See, that's what, having the God kind of faith. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, and be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. What was Jesus? Jesus just spoke to a fig tree. He modeled this. He modeled this. He wasn't modeling some sort of formula. He was modeling relationship. What, what we, we know, it says everything that he did, he saw the father do it. Everything he heard the father say, he heard the father say it. So that was relationship. So when he spoke to the fig tree that no man eat a fruit of you again, what was he doing? He was doing what he saw when he was walking with God. So therefore, when he says, have the God kind of faith, say into this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. It's having faith in God that has the ability to move mountains. It's having faith and realize that the greater one is on the inside of you, that you could speak peace to the storm. Amen. And you know, when you speak, God backs your words. Hallelujah. But you'll never get to a place of trust or a place of boldness until you walk with him. Boldness comes out of time. Boldness comes out of uh, confidence is, is bold faith. But it comes out of relationship. He told the disciples, he said, he goes, he goes, yeah, pretty much you ought to have done this. You should have said, peace, be still, meaning you you could have done this. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Acts chapter 11. Verse 23. It's talking about Barnabas. They sent Barnabas down to Antioch because they heard all the miracles, pretty much the same move of God that happened in in, in the day of Pentecost, it got word in Jerusalem of all that was happening in Antioch. And they sent Barnabas there to scout everything out. And he says this. And when he arrived and he saw what grace God was bestowing upon them, he, Barnabas, was full of joy. And he continuously exhorted, warned, urged, and encouraged them all to cleave unto and remain faithful to and devoted to the Lord with steady purpose of heart. Here, Barnabas, one of the one of the people that may have been there on the day of Pentecost, maybe he he was there um, a little bit after that, whatever. But he saw what faith can do. He saw how faith and miracles took place and he saw how the gospel had grown. He saw how how the gospel exploded throughout that region, how three thousand were saved, how then five thousand were saved and how how the gospel and how how the church was growing uh, um, explosively. And he gives to them the foundation to their success and the thing that will cause them to be successful. And this is, I believe, this is one, to me, it's one of the most important scriptures in the New Testament, in, 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 the, in, the, in the book of Acts. And he says this, he tells them, continuously exhorted them all to cleave unto the Lord and remain faithful to the Lord with steady purpose of heart. Bar- Barnabas then, go, he continuously did this. 
when the move of God was taking place, Barnabas left, went and found Paul. And it said they brought Paul back and Paul and him preached, I think, every day for a year in that city. And part of their main message they always talked about was remain steadfast, devoted to the Lord with steady purpose of heart. You know what that sounds like to me? Walking with God. Walking with God. Then verse 24 tells us what kind of person Barnabas was. He was a good man. Good in it amplifies as good in himself and also at once for the good and the advantage of other people. He was full of and controlled by the Holy Spirit and he was full of faith. Maybe there was a connection and what he preached is what he was also known for. He was known for being a good man. He was known for being controlled by the Holy Spirit. And he was known as a man that's full of faith. What will you be known for? His commission was, if you want to be a good man, controlled by the Holy Spirit and full of faith, take heed to what I just said. Remain steadfast and devoted to the Lord with steady purpose of heart. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I want to be a disciple that's a good man. Controlled by the Holy Spirit. And full of faith. Hallelujah. Man, that's, that's his desire for each one of us. Man, be a good man, a good woman. Controlled by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We may talk about that next week. About being controlled by the Holy Spirit. A disciple is one that's controlled by the Holy Spirit. Led by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Full of the Holy Spirit. Walk with God. Out of that walk with God will bring forth great faith. You receive this word tonight? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for the challenge that it brings. We thank you for the direction that it brings, the conviction it brings. Father, that we would not settle for just being an ordinary believer, but we would be disciples. Ones that follow you. Ones that are growing into and becoming just like our master. I thank you for faith. I thank you for faith rising in this place because relationship is growing stronger. Thank you, Father. Thank you for great faith. Great faith. Great faith. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I just thank you for your presence over this place. Hallelujah. Hmm. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you're here tonight and and you have some symptoms in your body, just stand right where you are. You don't need to come up here. Just stand where you are. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See those? Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And can you have some people just surround them? Hallelujah. Oh, you reign over this place, Father. You reign over this place. You reign in power. You reign in might. Hallelujah. We pray the prayer of faith. James talks about the prayer of faith will save those that are sick. And we know it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. We know it's the anointing that removes the burden. We have faith in your word, Father. We have faith that you're the healer. And Father, we judge you faithful. We judge you as one that raises the dead. 
We judge you as one that heals the brokenhearted. We judge you as one that restores and makes new. So I command healing to flow from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. We say to the mountain of sickness and symptoms, be gone in the name of Jesus. You said whatsoever we desire when we pray, believe that we receive it and we shall have it. Hallelujah. We believe we receive when we pray. We believe we receive when we pray. Hallelujah. When we, we believe we receive when we pray. So we believe we receive healing now in Jesus name. We believe we receive the anointing that's ministering wholeness to every person battling something. Every person watching by way of internet. If you're watching by way of internet, just place the hand on where the symptom is. Hallelujah. It has to go. As that tree withered and dried up from the roots, your symptoms have to dry up from the roots. I speak forth life over Joe Cappuccino's mom, and I command that blockage that that they have seen in her liver, I command that blockage to go in Jesus' name. You say, call those things that be not as though they are. I thank you that they are healed. Hallelujah. They are healed. Healing is working and restoring and making them new right now. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hmm. If you're if you're here, I'm just this could be someone watching by way of internet, but you're here and you've been fear, feeling a lot of weakness and fatigue and and some dizziness and something it keeps something goes off and your your mind is telling you that you have diabetes. You, you haven't currently been diagnosed with that, but but there's this this been this um, feeling of fainting or or just no energy, kind of uh, kind of dizzy at times. If that's you, just stand up to your feet. Hallelujah! Thank you, Father. Anyone? Hallelujah! Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, Father. You sent your word and healed us and delivered us from all our destruction. Father, I speak for life over these bodies. I speak life over their bloodstreams. Father, I thank you that you reveal to them what they need to do in the natural. Whether it's the, their diet, whether it's some other uh, supplements that they're taking. Well, something, Father, but I thank you that you're revealing, you're revealing, you're, you're revealing yourself in this. You're, you're manifesting wholeness on the other side of this. And you will give wisdom and you will give direction. And I declare that their blood sugar... Their, every aspect of their, their insulin levels, everything in their body is functioning the way it needs to function. And I declare that over every single person in here that has issues with their insulin and, and deficiencies in their insulin or overactive working insulin. For I speak for life over their bodies, life over their bloodstreams. I thank you, Lord, that, that the, the, this situation is turning around. This situation is turning around. This situation is turning around. Hallelujah. This situation's turning around. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.